Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, it's Maria. Thanks for tuning in. Catnip Nation is a documentary that deals with feral cats and TNR. And it won Best Documentary at the Closing Awards Ceremony at the Hoboken International Film Festival. I chat with Tina Traster next on Maria's Mutts and Stuff. It's Maria's Mutts and Stuff. What a great idea! On (laughs) iHeartRadio. Welcome to another episode of Maria's Mutts and Stuff. And with me today is, uh, well, she's the director, the producer. She is everything about Catnip Nation, the documentary. It is Tina Traster. So, Tina, thank you for chatting with us today. Thanks so much for having us. So, Catnip Nation, the documentary, you had, uh, you were at the Hoboken International Film Fest this past weekend, correct? Yes, and we had a splendid uh, premiere screening uh-huh. every seat in the house was filled. Um, I don't think there was a dry eye by mm, the end. Right. But for good reason, you know, it was, uh, I think um, what most people said is is how inspirational and eye-opening uh, it is. Um, and um, yeah, it was, it was a great, uh, great first screening. So let's talk about the movie for those who aren't familiar with it. So basically it's to make people aware of the cat population, but basically the stray cats and the feral cats that are out everywhere. But what Catnip Nation, a 75 minute documentary um, is setting out to do is to shine a light on the 90 million or more feral and stray cats uh, all across the nation, Mm -hmm. the people who take care of them, Mm -hmm. the system politically and legally that oppresses these people who essentially um, are are just basically doing acts of kindness. Right. And almost exclusively, you know, with their own dime, volunteering their own time, uh, blood, sweat, and tears. No, absolutely. I mean, I've had, um, I've spoken with the people who do, who have four legs good, and, and we talked about right. it. And I, and I know, and I know that they're just one portion in Rockland County, and there are so many people like them across the country who do this. But why is there suppression? That's what I'm not clear on. Well, it's a very complicated issue that does not exist in plain sight. Right. Uh, And because it does not exist in plain sight, there is so much, um, there's no uniform thinking on the subject. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's little uh, consensus. Uh, There's so much education that's needed, uh, particularly with our elected officials. Um, That's not to negate all of the work that organizations um, like Alley Cat Allies and other humanitarian organizations have done mm-hmm. put, to, you know, to put TNR, Trap, Neuter, Return, right. on the map. I mean, TNR has been around for some 40 years and is practiced all around the world. Right. And there, and there are um, cities like New York City and Washington, D.C. and Maryland and San Francisco and Chicago and, and towns all over the country that have um, woken up 
to understand that there is no better form of population control for our feral cat problem than TNR. We effectively don't have another solution. Uh, we, you know, we can um, euthanizing scores and scores of cats is not only, you know, politically uh, not palatable anymore in the 21st century. Sure. It doesn't, it doesn't work. It, right. it, it, it's an ineffective um, process. And so we have to address this as a society. We need laws. We need funding. We need the same basic things that we need for any issue that crosses into health and safety and population control. Um, and the strain, the thing that sets um, the feral cat issue aside from, let's say, any any other overrun of species, let's mm -hmm. say deer or Canada uh, Canada geese. Right. What what sets them aside is humans and cats have a relationship. Right. And people will always feed those stray cats. And many of us will feed a stray cat in a in a backyard and if that cat's lucky enough it will eventually wind up inside. Right. But, but people also find their way to these colonies that exist behind shopping centers, behind strip malls, near restaurants, near rivers, um, anywhere that you can think of where there may be a food source, there can be colonies as large as 50 to 100 cats living together. Right. And, and, and what, what, these, what these humanitarian people do is um, they become aware of these colonies, as they're known, and they, they, they start out with these good intentions of just trying to feed these animals. And then what ultimately becomes apparent is that without population control, um, it, it becomes, it, it's, you know, it's an overwhelming situation. You can't feed an exploding amount of, of, course. of, of, a, of, a, of a, you know, of a colony. So a TNR basically is a, is, is a way to um, spay, neuter, vaccinate, um, these these ferals. <clears throat> the universal symbol of the TNR is the is the clipped ear, uh -huh. and, and, and then the animals are, in most cases, unless you can get the kittens early enough, is, is to put them back in place, let them live out their lives in dignity. But the real idea is to is to kind of draw an imaginary um, ring around uh, the, the colony and to say, okay, now we have this under control and we're not going to get, they're not going to be reproducing. And over time, the colonies pare down. Right. And sometimes they, they completely phase out. And that is the only kind of population control that we really know of and that is effective. Now, why does that not seem like a no-brainer, and why isn't that just simple? Yeah. <laughs> it's well, common sense, it seems like to me, but... It's totally common sense, um, but m most politicians are not the ones who are out there doing this activity. Of course. Um, or don't even necessarily know about this. Uh, the, the, you know, TNR means nothing to them. Right. Um, so unless they've had exposure or unless they have been the recipient of grassroots pressure, um, this is an issue that they think is taken care of by some shelter, some, uh -oh. some Shelters somewhere, right? Right, right. And as we all know, the shelters are burgeoning. They can't take ferals. Ferals are not, for the most part, socialized sure. or adoptable. So, and, uh, you know, as Kathleen O'Malley says in our film, there's no magic barn to take all the ferals. Right, right. Right. So, um, so uh, 
the bottom line is is that the grassroots groups have a, an uphill battle mm-hmm. to try to it's really a two-pronged approach. One is that we need the legislation, um, these ordinances that are favorable to TNR, um, so that um, so that people can essentially, the feeders, the colony caretakers, can essentially be on private property. Because let's face it, a cat, these cats are always somewhere, right. and that somewhere is almost always, even if it's not private property, it's it's state-owned property or county-owned property. So they're always somewhere, you know, right. where they necessarily have a right to be. Um, and um, and funding, and funding is the other side of this. We need low-cost uh, spay-neuter, and we need, what we really need is, and this is the whole, the whole this is kind of the point, of the, the, the film is a clarion call. Um, it, it's the, it takes a village. Right, right. That show we have three main um, stories that are braided together through the film, and the whole film is is narratively driven and and you know very very engaging based on the amazing um, three sets of stories: one in New Jersey, one in Long Island, and one out in Kansas that we follow. Okay. Uh, just to give you a, a tease, the one in the elder we have the couple in Kansas, the Joneses, 70 years old. Uh, they were arrested and nearly jailed for feeding and watering cats. Oh my God! In their community, and what we did was we followed their story all the way from their original um, fines uh, all the way up through the appeals court where they took their case. Now I won't tell you how it ended up because I want everybody to come see the documentary. Of but course. The point is, is that is is what what people you know what what these people go through um, is is worth noting. Um, as is the the suffering and the distress of of the cats. Right. And the thing about these people who are real heroes and how, who are unsung heroes in in our um, in our society is that these people are tireless. They they're focused. They they really you know deal with with any adversity that comes their way because what everybody understands and any animal lover I'm sure you understand this is. We see ourselves as the voice for this voiceless, of course, um, you know, community. Right. And and um, you know, who else is going to advocate for for these animals? And and especially with the ferals. I mean, think about it. I mean, these really are cats that have no, they have nobody. Right. I mean, you know what I mean? It's not somebody's cat. Um, although these colony caretakers certainly, to a degree, uh, feel. You know, they they feel that not. I don't want to use the word ownership because, in fact, that's that's a loaded word. No, uh, I know what you mean. Yeah, they feel like kind of responsible for them, even though they're not. But that just because yeah. out of the kindness of their hearts, that they're right. yeah. Right, and they they do gain an attachment, and they do understand you know the role that they play, and they do you know very in in many ways they they do become a lifeline for these animals. So. Um, that's the essence of, of Catnip Nation, and, and we've, we've, um, we've made this film because it's a subject that flies under the radar. Yes. Uh, and we just, we, you know, there are so many millions of animal lovers out there, um, and we just wanted this story to be told so that we can um, stimulate more of a grassroots effort to try to put pressure um, on our elected officials 
uh, all the way up to our governors uh, to pass TNR bills so we can fix this, this fixable problem. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's, it's, it is fixable, and it seems like the solution really isn't that outrageous. I just, I, it just bothers me why I feel like it's like an under-the-rug type of subject. Yeah. You know, like, and I mean, I just know, yes, I get it sometimes. People are like, TNR, what does that mean? Okay, but then if you talk about, you know, cats, there have always been colonies of cats living somewhere in people's lifetimes. It's not like it's a new thing. It's been around forever. So my thought is it, it kind of bothers me that... A, it's not um, like it, it. Not that it's not generally accepted, but meaning like it, people aren't aware. Like people who can make things happen, like politicians, uh, that they can make things happen with funding or whatever. But it's like, what would their solution be to just go out and euthanize them, like give them poison food? That's not a solution. That's not humane. It's not humane. I think their solution is to um, to ignore the issue. Yeah, I was just going to say that, but you know, well, well, they, they, yeah. It's not acceptable because we're we're as a as a community we're becoming more and more vocal on this subject. Right, and, and it's also not something that's just unique to the East Coast or the West Coast. I mean, there are feral cats throughout the country, throughout the world. The world, yeah. And, and there are examples that are set all over the world where they show how this is done. Uh, there are some countries like Australia that take this. This, you know this um, kind of monstrous approach, and and, they're, and and you know they're talking about eradicating all of their cats. I, I don't know how that's going to go. Yeah, how's that going to happen? I don't know, but I know here in this country that that will never fly. No, and we will always feed stray cats and feral cats, and you know the politicians. One one thing that um, you know that that. I guess these grassroots groups are fighting are the very well organized, very well funded um, uh, bird organizations and the Audubon. Right, right. And they, they too have this kind of black and white um, idea that let's just get rid of all the cats. Yeah, but and, yeah, that's not a solution. And cats, you know, on the food chain of everything, cats are necessary, just like every other animal is necessary in the big scheme of like the food chain and nature. I mean, that's how I look yeah. at it. And not not only that, but I mean, and, and then I tell you, you know, the birders come out and they, they they're very persuasive, and in fact, they they are what ended up scuttling the opportunity for um, New York to have a TNR bill a couple of years ago, even though it passed through both houses. The uh, um, Cuomo um, vetoed it, mm. but but the, the, you know, I and I, I don't know the science is I I don't know that anybody has the real science on this, but. But it would, it's it, to, it to many of us, and, and most of us who love cats also love birds. Of course. But, you know, but, but the, the thing is there is that um, if you have, if you're feeding a colony, one would think that those cats would be less likely to need to eat birds. True. So, but you, it, there's like a, there's, there's a real division amongst the, the you know, the, the two factions. And that has hurt the effort of of TNR people um, who are trying to, um, you know, convince politicians that this is a worthwhile thing to get behind. That's that's unfortunate. Right, right. going on everywhere. And like I said, you know, New York City has a feral cat initiative. Um, the, the big cities, you know, where you have enlightened communities, um, t TNR is taking off. Right, right. But, you know, it's, it's a home rule thing. It's a town by town thing. It's, it's you know, it's jurisdictional. 
And so, you know, imagine how big this country is and how much work there is to be done. Of course. No, of course. But like you said, it takes a village and everything, you know, things do get accomplished. It just isn't always on the timetable that we want it to be. Um, it just takes slow, slower than we want it to be. And I guess kind of baby steps. I mean, just to put it, it like you're going in the right. We're going in the right direction because of people like you making this documentary so that people will be educated. Because, you know, education is power. It's knowledge. Knowledge is power. Um, yeah. It's, it's you know, it's um, it's difficult because I, I guess when when you think about the people in the trenches and and every spring kitten season and right. all on you know kittens that just should not be born and of course all the grief and pain around all of that and and I think so I think for anybody who's in the trenches you know the the um the sluggish the glacial progress on this uh, or what can feel like glacial progress right is is, is kind of a torture of course but, but for those of us, I guess, also who walk in the world where, you know, we're talking to politicians and we're doing the education um, and, and learning more and collaborating more, you know, we understand that there is movement right. in the right direction. It's just it's not overnight. It's not overnight. Exactly. It's uh, it's not it's not it's a marathon, not a sprint is how I and guess. Right. We have to look at it that way. Yeah. Everything in this country is like that. We're right. Big, you know, we're a big country where we're always, you know, at opposition with one another. Everything is a fight. Everybody, right. anybody right. in the world of activism uh, knows that. And this is just, you know, one of those issues. It's just hard because we're talking about sentient living creatures. Of course. Right. And it's, right. So it's, it's a very gut-wrenching, emotional subject. Um, you know, what we do with our characters is um, we go deep with them so that, you know, I think um, by the time you, you finish this documentary in 75 minutes, it, it, it's not just the issue that's on your mind. You you, you feel for family right. and, you, and Ken and the Joneses because we've, we've gone, you know, kind of we, we've um, taken a deep dive in, into their stories. So we understand why they do what they do. Sure. And I. And I think that I think that anybody who's out there doing anything in in the humanitarian realm, whatever it is, right. not not just cats, you know, is is going to like kind of tap into that that zeitgeist and understand what it's like to be the underdog and understand what it's like to go up against the system. You know, where when you don't have all the the pieces neatly in place, right. When you're advocating for, you know, any kind of a, a population that doesn't have enough support. Right. No, no, that makes sense. But like yeah. I said, it is baby steps. So you just had the film festival. What is next? Like, where can people see uh, Catnip Nation? Yeah, so, so we're really just at the beginning of, of, of giving Catnip Nation its legs. Uh-huh. Yeah, because we um, we just finished and we've just applied to about twenty film festivals. Great. We're we're looking for a distributor. However, okay. Um, ultimately, we want we want you know um, Netflix. I was just going to say that. Yeah, Netflix. I can even see HBO showing this or Showtime. I mean, you know, why not? That's right. This 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 deserves to be shown and it deserves um, access. Right. You know, even from from the aftermath of the film festival, I've had. You know, hundreds of emails um, or through Facebook asking me where can I see it? Where can I see it? 
So we, we can't do 100 film festivals, um, so it would just be way easier if people could, you know, uh, stream it live in the comfort of their own home or if they want to, you know, stream it for their friends or use it to for their organizations to, to raise um, funds. Sure. That's how, that's how we want Catnip Nation to find its, its, um, its own, uh, you know, life. Right, right. So... Uh, so for our listeners who are listening to us right now and they want to see it and they want to help, how can they help? Can they give funding to catnipnation.com? Can they, uh, do they write letters to their local legislators? Like what's the best course of action for someone who wants to do something, but they can't physically go out and help with the, with the cats? Yeah, yeah, that's that's um, a good question. Um, well, we, we continuously, Catnip Nation continuously raises funds so that we can... Um, afford to do the festival circuit mm -hmm. uh, because it's at the festival circuit where distributors are, you know, from sure. the streaming companies are looking for content. Um, and, you know, every festival is between 50 and a hundred dollars. Right. Just, just to apply, apply. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And especially then, you know, you need to travel and you need to meet with people. So yeah, any support is good. Um, if anybody wants to, um, certainly everybody should, um, like our our catnip nation uh page your facebook page okay uh -huh. yeah, facebook page they should take a look at our website we have uh, several little videos on there uh send us an email address if 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 you can so that uh we can add you to the mailing list because when there are showings in your area uh you'll be able to see them through the festivals and um you know what I would say is that if there's anybody out there who's got any connection to any of the uh, streaming services and they want to help open a door for us, fantastic. Oh, that's great. And they can get in touch with you through catnipnation.com, correct? You know what? I'm going to give you my email address. Okay. It's, it's T-Traster, T-T-R-A-S-T-E-R -T -T -E at AOL.com. Okay, so that's perfect. So if any of my listeners, any of you who are listening right now, if you have connections to get exposure to get this carried somewhere write to tina t-t-r-a-s-t-e-r -T -E at aol.com or you can even write to me maria melito at iheartmedia.com and i'll forward it to tina we can do that as well awesome that's that perfect awesome. that's perfect well tina thank you so much for chatting about catnip nation um i want to help you any way i can i want to talk to you again uh, at some point and see where we're at and and just thank you for doing this and thank you for putting this documentary together because like I said knowledge to me is power and I just think that feral cats and TNR is just it's not a taboo subject but it's just something that people don't they're not that aware of and um, I think because it might not affect them they think they just ignore it so I, I love the fact that you are exposing this and, you know, and that's on that's going on the path of getting the problem solved. So thank well, you for putting all your effort into doing this, because I know this was a, a project that took a long time to get together. Took a long time. It's it's been worth every single moment that we have um, put into this. It means a lot to me and to Lennon Nersesian, uh, who's my editor and mm -hmm. co-producer. And um you know, we have very big designs for this film um, because we, we, we really do want to change hearts and minds. Tina Traster, thank you so much. Catnip Nation, like their Facebook page, get involved. They could use the donations and uh, write to your local legislators because they need to learn all about this. Exactly. Thank you so much, Maria. <laughs> ¶¶
Thanks for listening to Maria's Mutts and Stuff. Catnip Nation is the name of the documentary, and you should check it out. And you can like their Facebook page and keep in touch with Tina. And if you know someone who is a distributor, well, get in touch with Tina, or you can even get in touch with me, Maria Melito, M-I-L-I-T-O, at iHeartMedia.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.